0: You are listening to episode 176 of This is Type 1. Today I'm sharing lessons learned from going on 52 hikes in 2022. That's one hike every week on average for an entire year. And to be perfectly honest, when I first set this goal, I thought people who really did this for real were crazy. I would see other friends of mine posting about their 52 hikes in one year goal and then promptly wondering how in the heck they could possibly do that. So really the first thing that I learned with this goal is that making it public made it way more real, and then talking about it regularly reinforced that commitment. And I don't think I actually would have reached 52 hikes in a year if I hadn't made that public announcement and kept talking about it all year. The reason that I set that goal to begin with was that I was really tired of going out on a hike and ending up with a low blood sugar relatively quickly, and then getting really mad at myself for having that low blood sugar. So I started off with the goal of using these hikes to figure out how to not go low. And it actually took a lot longer than I thought to figure out how to handle lows, how to not go low. And the first mindset shift that I had to make was to be okay with going low, to be willing to go low, in order to figure out how to not go low. And it actually took, uh, I want to say, 18 or 19 hikes to not go low. (laughs) And then after figuring out the lows, and I say figuring out with quotes, air quotes around it, then I had to figure out, and I'm still figuring out, how to deal with highs, both during the hike and post-hike. So I actually figured out the lows for hiking early in the morning, prior to eating anything substantial. So I would typically, and I still do typically, go hike in the morning. And when I'm going hiking, I take my coffee with me. And hiking mornings are the mornings that I have bulletproof coffee. So it's basically coffee with a bunch of fat in it and immersion blended, and it tastes amazing. But it fills me up and it keeps me energized. And I think it actually helps my blood sugar because I also would force my blood sugar up in the morning because usually the hikes that I go on have some kind of incline and I would hit the steepest incline or the worst or hardest incline first so that it could force my number back down. And then I would typically have a relatively flat number the rest of the hike, at least for the rest of the hike, and then it would shoot back up again. So I'm still figuring things out, but that's how things went for most times. Most of my hikes were between an hour and two hours long. There were a few instances where I did longer hikes, and the, I think the longest one was around four hours. And uh, those were not necessarily longer hikes, but more intense hikes. There were two, two hikes that I particularly wanted to do this past summer that I ended up doing, and it was really awesome. And I actually did the second one, or maybe it was the first one. I did one of them twice, eventually. But that was getting to the top of Mount Jumbo and the top of Mount Sentinel here in Missoula. And those are much longer hikes than they're in between um, spots. And if you've been to the Missoula Valley, you you know what the, the M and the L are on Mount Jumbo and Mount Sentinel. Although the M is on Mount Sentinel and the L is on Mount Jumbo. And the M and the L are kind of sort of the halfway points, but not really to the tops of both of those mountains. And so uh, my big goal when I started this whole plan was to get to the top of Mount Sentinel, which is going above and beyond where the M is, and going to the top of Mount Jumbo, which is above and beyond where the L is. And to be perfectly honest, I actually like the L hike way more than I like the M hike. The M is just, it's intense. It's like maybe three quarters of a mile, half a mile in, and then you climb a lot. How I counted hikes was if I got on the trail. And I think the shortest hike that I went on was probably mm, like 18 minutes ish. And that was an aborted attempt to hike the M on a morning that I changed sensors. And then the sensor ended up being wrong. So my meter had me much, much lower than I thought. And I had to stop probably one or two switchbacks up. And I just sat until my number came back up. And thankfully, it wasn't too cold out. So I just, it was pretty windy though. So I was checking my blood sugar every five minutes or so, both on my sensor and on my meter and comparing them until I felt a little bit more stable to go back down. So the hike itself that I, I think I was only on the trail actually hiking for maybe six to 10 minutes and then I stopped and then I had to wait for it to come back up and then I had to go back down. So a few of my top lessons from a year of hikes, 52 hikes, that I'm going to share with you today. The first one is that it's okay to change plans, especially if the weather is really bad or if you don't feel good or if you just get a bad feeling in that morning. There were times that I skipped a hike because it was either extremely windy or I just felt sick or... I just felt run down uh, like from travel or from whatever, or maybe I just wasn't feeling it that morning. And so I just decided not to. And usually in those cases, when I changed the plans, I would reschedule the hike. So the hike still got on the calendar somewhere. It might've been doubling up in a week, especially during the summer to make up for um, some hikes that I missed, but I was okay with changing plans. That means that I didn't actually hike every single week. There are some weeks where I hiked twice a week. There are some weeks that I didn't hike for maybe a whole month. A good example was April when I took a 12-day road trip down to Austin, Texas and back. And during those 12 days, I did not go on hikes. I had planned to go on some hikes on the road, but it turned out with timing and weather and just how I felt, I guess, where I, wherever I was... Plus, it was mostly weather, to be honest. But those things ended up that I actually did not go on the three hikes that I wanted to go on when I was on the road. One of them was in Colorado Springs. And I love Colorado Springs. I love Garden of the Gods. And I had planned to go hike, go out and hike Garden of the Gods. But my when I got there, it was just super windy. It was extremely windy. And so I just decided I was not going to go walk around in the wind because that is unpleasant and I was already tired from a nine-hour drive. Another one was Pueblo, Colorado, I think. I think it was Pueblo. But I had planned to drive out to a reservoir and go hiking around there, but it turned out when I got there, it was a little bit too late and there was a big thunderstorm coming in. And I actually got to my hotel and into the hotel right as the thunderstorm hit. So I just didn't do it. And then the other one was uh, going hiking in Casper, Wyoming, where my godparents live. And that didn't happen because Wyoming got dumped on with snow. And then the day after that, that I actually drove, got I got stuck in Sheridan, Wyoming. So you can listen to all of the uh, road trip stuff on the Road Trip podcast. There's an episode I did. I can't remember what, what number it is, but I did do an episode on that solo road trip. But that was one where I, I did not do three hikes because... It just didn't work out. And so I made up for him. The next thing that I learned is that it's okay to turn back if you're uncomfortable. And that can mean you're uncomfortable with your blood sugars. It can mean you're uncomfortable with the surroundings or the people who are on the trail with you. There were a couple times where I decided to turn back or abort my hike or just make it a little bit shorter because something felt kind of off. And I didn't want to go and tempt fate, so I just decided to turn around. I still counted it as a hike because I made it out onto the trail. I might not have finished the whole thing, but I still went on a hike. Another really big important lesson, and probably the one that kind of triggered this whole thing to begin with, is that my blood sugar is not in control of my emotions. However, my blood sugar will 100% have an impact on my physical sensations. That means if my blood sugar drops, and it has plenty of times down into the 50s while hiking, I will feel those physical sensations. But those physical sensations and those blood sugars are not in control of how I feel about things. They're not in control of my emotions. So one hike that I can remember, it's a four-mile loop on Waterworks Hill. It's called the Frolic Loop, I think. One of the times that I hiked that, my blood sugar dropped pretty quickly right when I started. But it bottomed out, like right around 60, MGDL, maybe 65, maybe 70. I can't remember. Anyway, it bottomed out and I decided to just keep walking because on Waterworks Hill, there's not really any place to sit down. There's no tree trunks or whatever. No really big rocks unless you get up to the very top. Yeah, but I like I felt the sensations of being low while I was on the trail, but I didn't let that frustrate me for having been low on the trail. And that leads me to the next point with hiking with diabetes in general. Always bring extra low snacks. Always have more than you think you'll need. I have a nice big pocket on my hiking backpack that's just stuffed full of low snacks. And I don't typically have that many on the trail now, especially that I have figured out how to not go low. But in those first 18, 19 hikes, I was probably having five or six Smarties, Smartie Rolls on the trail. And I'm okay with that because I was figuring out how to not go low. But in order to figure that out, I also had to correct those lows. So I was always having extra low snacks on the trail. I had them in my jacket pocket. I had them in the backpack. I had them easily accessible, everything like that. Another really big lesson is to be aware. And this goes with turning back if you're uncomfortable. Like if you're sensing something that's just not right on the trail, you have to be aware of what's going on in order to be able to pick up on those emotions of uncomfortableness or discomfort like that so to help myself be more aware i did not hike through treed areas with headphones in so there are several trails that i like out here but they have trees and that's like i mean most people i'm i'm actually used to hiking through trees because i grew up in in washington and so i like treed trails but I only wear headphones and listen to something else if I'm on an open trail. So primarily this is that's because this is bear country and I am not keen on finding out if bear spray actually works because I do have bear spray and I do bring it with me on every hike. But I don't want to be in a situation where I don't actually hear or sense an animal or a predator or something that's just not right out there. And if I'm wearing headphones, I am more likely to not hear that thing. So I decided just as a rule, if I'm going through trees, then I take the headphones out. And this happened on the hike up Mount Sentinel, where the first mile or mile and a half up past the M, so you get up to the M and then you keep going. There's a place where you do enter trees. And I decided before going into those trees that I was just going to take the headphones out. And up until that point, I had been listening to podcasts. So I got to that point, I paused the podcast, took the headphones out, and I walked through, being very sure to be aware and sensing and all that kind of stuff. Another time where I don't hike with headphones is if I'm doing a pre-dawn hike. And it's for the same reason. I can't see as well in the dark, obviously. But I do bring headlamps. So I I can hike in the dark, and I have hiked in the dark. Um, I've hiked in the dark several times. But during those hikes where it is in the dark, I do wear a headlamp, and I make sure that I am not listening to anything in my earballs so that I can be aware and be safe. Another important lesson is to tell people where you're going. I uh, tried to always make sure that the name of the trail that I went to was on the calendar. So in case something happened... My husband would know approximately where I am and just it's overall more safe if you're going hiking alone like I do to just make sure that somebody does know where you're going. Another thing that I learned is that I really like stats. I use uh, Gaia GPS. It's an app that tracks your hiking path using GPS and sometimes the GPS gets kind of wonky, but it is really cool to look at all the trail paths that I've gone on and look at all my stats for them for... Like distance and speed and elevation gain and all that kind of stuff. Plus, now that I wear the aura ring, I also get heart rate status as well. I get how my heart did during those exercises, and it can tell me what my peak heart rate was, which can give me some clues about when I should probably not go as hard. So, yeah, I love stats. Another big lesson is to dress appropriately and bring extra things especially when hiking in colder months uh, like it is now while I'm recording this. I hike in my snow pants because it's cold out and I hike uh, sometimes with ski goggles just because it can get pretty windy. I've also hiked with poles. So not necessarily ski poles, but just either hiking poles or snowshoeing poles. I have those. I also, kind of a necessity here in Montana, I have yak tracks or spikes on To go onto my boots. And I've been using those the last few times I've hiked because we have significant snowfall here. And I still want to hike even if it's snowy out. And so I'll just strap on some uh, yak tracks and I'll still go on on a trail. Yeah. So that's still pretty fun. But yeah, dressing appropriately, making sure you know the weather ahead of time and for how long you're going to be out. I always check the weather before I go on a hike and I check the forecast. And sometimes checking the forecast will mean that I end up rescheduling something. And the last thing that I want to say here, last lesson that I have from 52 hikes this year, is that I hike because I like hiking, not because I want to meet an arbitrary goal or to prove something to myself. Initially, I set this goal because I wanted just to figure out how to not go low and how to not hate going low on hiking and figured out that, you know, I just, I hike because I like hiking and I'm not going to let diabetes get in the way. I'm going to work around diabetes and, all that fun stuff. But I never used diabetes as an excuse to not do something that I love. And I used that as an excuse for so long to not go hiking. And it meant that I missed out on some pretty awesome hikes in Washington and in other places because I used diabetes as an excuse. And so I don't want you guys to do that. I want you guys to figure out what is holding you back from doing the things you love, whether it's diabetes, whether it's something else, and work through it. Run experiments. Figure out how to actually do the thing you want to do, even with type 1 diabetes, because I promise it does not have to get in the way. Now it's your turn. What is a big experiment that you can run in 2023? What do you hope to learn from or get out of that experiment? We would love to hear your answers in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.